What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Unknown Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Unknown, Graham. <laughs> Very unknown <laughs> how it goes. Um, we have finally reached, this is the official dark stages of Atlanta sports news. Yeah. We, we were just doing an, probably our most extensive show meeting ever. And probably since 2017. You know, major topics to discuss are scarce right now, which is what everyone wants to hear. That scarce? Won't... Not scarce, but scarce. I'm a scarce guy. You're a scarce guy, okay. Yeah. Tomato, uh, tomato, scarce, scarce. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I like it. But uh, Keep it going. we got to fill this time somehow. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to set up a show, no better way to set up a show than that. Right. A lot of confidence in what we're doing today. So, you know, we're just going to trust our instincts and trust that, you know, just our total Atlanta sports knowledge is going to lead us to a phenomenal conversation. Sure. And, you know, the thing that's, you know, I, I would say the hot topic going on in Atlanta right now is about the Hawks and the disarray and the ownership and just everything kind of coming apart at the seams, at least uh, in the front office. You know, the Hawks have won three games in a row for the first time since November. Whoop do you fucking do? Um, but we talked about that a lot last week. So it's not like a lot of, you know, news came out about that in terms of like stuff we didn't know. Like we already know that Nick Ressler, Tony Ressler's son, is being a son of a bitch. And, and, and he's not really being a son of a bitch. His dad is enabling him to be a son of a bitch. I don't even know if he's being a son of a bitch. He's just a voice in a room for a guy with a title that normally wouldn't be a voice in the room. He has no experience at all in terms of basketball operations. At all. Well, I mean, this whole front office now, so like they did, I think that was this week that they did officially name Landry Fields the GM, who, and he's like 34, 35. Right. Kyle Corver is the assistant GM, which, which is, you know, we love Kyle Corver. I love the concept of that. He could be a great GM one day, probably, but he needs more time as a scout um, and player development person, I think, before he can do that. I heard him on an interview this week with Dukes and Bell where they were just asking him, like, what's his role? And he was saying, like, he sees his role in terms of this front office as more of, like, player development and how, like, the Hawks need to get to the point where they're, like, you know, a top 10 team in player development, which I would argue they're currently one of the worst teams in player development. Definitely. Based on, you know, what most of these rookies have turned into and, like, no one comes here and gets better, it seems like, for the most part. You look at DeJounte Murray and the way he's trending currently, like, he's good, but... This game is not elevated. They also asked Kyle about like the recent like three game stretch, and I, I believe it was the MLK game where like the first half they were just like amazing. Oh yeah, against Miami. Yeah, against Miami, put up like seventy points. Ball movement was just beautiful, and they compared it to the what was the twenty fifteen team that Kyle was on when yeah. we had like the five all stars or yeah. whatever. Yeah, the 2014-2015 team. Yeah, yep. and how like. That team had no superstars, but they just all like focused on how do I make my teammate better. Yeah, and like you see the first half of that game Sunday, and that's kind of like that's what it was. It was like the other teammates trying to just think about their teammates and how to like how do they best fit in. But then once it got to the second half, and that lead started to go away a little bit, they just reverted to this ISO basketball. And you know, even like the the TNT announcers were saying the same thing. Yeah, They're like that's what the Hawks have been this year. Yeah, and the thing also is like the Hawks are a team that you look at their personnel like Trey Young and Dejounte in the backcourt alone, and you would expect the Hawks to be running and gunning a little more, have a little more 
um, fluidity in the offense and a more consistent clip because those two guys spearheading your offense should enable that. But it just feels like, yeah, we get into this pattern of just settling for mid-range jumpers and isolation crap. And yeah, the the game against Miami was a lot better, but it's like the Hawks are incapable of playing a consistent four quarters, and it's hard to play a consistent four quarters. But if you want to be one of the best teams in the league, you better damn well learn how to do that. You know, I don't think the Hawks brought in DeJounte Murray to be fighting to get into the playoffs. They brought in DeJounte Murray to be a top four seed, if not better. And that's where we are right now. We've given up three first-round picks and, and sent Kevin Herter away to thrive in Sacramento to be the ninth seed in January. And that's bullshit, in my opinion. That, that's that's a failure. And they could still turn it around, but I don't. Even though this three game winning streak, I don't. I, I don't see enough to be like, yeah, I think they're really starting to trend in the right direction. I'll be at three games as a small sample size, but we've seen this team play forty four games this year, and it's just been more of the same. Granted, we haven't seen them play forty four games healthy. So today they had zero people listed on their injury report. Right, for this game against Dallas. Yeah. Capella's fully back. So we'll we'll see, Graham. We've been saying this all year. Yeah, but it's just like, when are we actually going to see something? You know, maybe this is the time. Hopefully it is. I think it's also just uh, insane that, you know, something came out. I can't remember. I think it was the end of last week. It was after we did our show. Um, but that the Hawks front office is pretty much telling John Collins' people to find a uh, find a trading partner. I don't understand it. I don't know how that works. Like, doesn't the front office still have to facilitate the deal? Well, you know, why is John Collins our issue? Granted, he's shooting like 20-something percent from three but his, this year. But, you know, Nate but he's Mc- such a good team player. He is, and Nate McMillan has never figured out how to utilize John Collins. Neither did Lloyd Pierce. And, and, but with DeJounte's arrival, you know, I figured John Collins' usage would drop, but not this dramatically. It's like a precipitous drop. He went from averaging, you know... 19 and 10, 20 and 10, 20 and 9 to 13 and 7, 13 and 8. And that's just, that's not the John Collins I know. And you can tell there was an interview. I can't remember who was, it was someone on the athletic was talking to various Hawks players. And there was this thing where John Collins was like, man, I am part of these trade, um, you know, these, these deadline discussions every year. And I can't worry about it anymore. I just have to go ball or I can't ball. You know, I, I can't, if I'm worried about that all the time, then I can't play basketball well. and But you can tell it's affecting him. Like the way he's responding to these questions and talking about it, it's like even though he's saying that, and I, and I believe that he is able to compartmentalize or he's learning to, but it's still got to suck. Especially after he signs this big extension, you'd think those conversations would be over. But they're not. And yeah, you're exactly right. John Collins is not the problem here. And like, you know we're not going to get, like I've heard that their asking price has gone way down on him from what it used to be. You know, they used to want like a, a couple number ones for him. And now it's like barely that at all and just like a serviceable player. And like, I don't see us trading him and getting better. No. Maybe but, I don't understand the market. No, but, you know, this Maybe this, there's a defensive dog out there that we could get for him. This front office is very unpredictable with Nick Ressler and Tony Ressler and Landry Fields. And some other scout who was a media guy in Golden State or whatever. Yeah, he was like a journal. Not, not, he was a journalist. A journalist. Like yeah, yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, maybe they all can. We're journalists, Graham. I don't think we're journalists. We're podcasters. Do we report the news? We're, we're, we're barely semi-professional podcasters. <laughs> Below minimum wage podcasters at best. You know, so it's like. We report the news. We report the news. We follow sports. Right. I don't think we write anything, though. We could. We could, but we don't. 
It'd be trash. It would. You know, the sports talk ATL guys, I guess you can say, are technically journalists because they actually write stuff. And they have a website. Right. We have a podcast that's on, you know, streaming platforms. That's about it. Every major streaming platform, though. That's true. That's huge. That's true. We got ads at the beginning of our episodes now. We're, we're a top. We're top ten. Yeah. Uh, you know, Atlanta podcast that covers all three teams. Yes. That's not. <laughs> That's not affiliated with uh, any major, you know, like uh, Athletic or AJC right. or the actual team. Right. You know, right. we're top Re- ten. Represent Pigskin Podcast Network. Yep, yep. Um, but the point, but yes, this guy, the journalist guy. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. <laughs> and then, and then for for wrestler to be able to ask his son or make his son, you know, start you know being a you know major influence on personnel decisions and, and and the operations overall is crazy. I think if you want to bring him on and say, hey, shadow, I don't know, somebody in the organization and, you know, take notes and be like their assistant, great. But to make him like a major player in this is, is just, it shows the lack of understanding of how to run a basketball franchise from Tony Ressler. Now, now here's something we honestly need to do, Graham, to help this whole situation out. Nick Ressler, you know, on at the face of it, it's it looks terrible. Twenty seven years old, daddy's boy. He gets just thrusted into a job because of daddy. He has like no. I'm gonna look up his LinkedIn. All right, let's do this real quick. Let's see what his experience is. But yeah, keep talking. Go ahead. Well, why why you're on LinkedIn? I think that you should hit him up because he needs some good press. So right. he can honestly be a guy that we could get on our our podcast. Be like, okay, sir. No, I'm not serving him. He's 27 years old. Yeah, he's he's our junior. Exactly, exactly. So, so this is this is what, this is what we got. Uh, his education, Georgetown University. Very fair. So he's smart. Great school. That's good. Yeah. Uh, started out as an intern for the NFL Network in 2014 for three months. Team sports intern for Wasserman, whatever that is, in L.A. for another three months. Global partnerships intern for WME, another three months in 2016. Analyst Tishman Speyer. Sounds like a uh, oh, it's a real estate company, all right. And then from there, after just pretty much being an intern and analyst, whatever that is, then he starts doing basketball stuff. Coordinator basketball operations for the Hawks for one year. Manager basketball operations from 2019 to 2020. Now director of business and basketball operations for the Hawks. Which is still like, so what, what everyone is saying and like I mentioned before, like that's a title that generally doesn't have the responsibility of what he's doing. Right. So it's not like he has Landry Fields' title or anything like that. But my major point is, I think this is an opportunity to give him, you know, it's not an opportunity for us, it's an opportunity for him to like just get some positive press out there. The, the, I mean, went to Georgetown, he probably is smart. Maybe there's a reason he's making these decisions, and it's not just because of daddy. You know, so I think you should just hit him up on, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn messaging. Say, let's get an interview. Yeah, right now. All right. Or however you normally would do that yeah. in your other podcasting gigs. Uh-huh. Um, let's set it up. They, they might vet us and just listen to this episode. And be like, no fucking way. <laughs> and, and hear me calling him uh, daddy's boy and over me and over being again. like, uh, he's a son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Even though I don't think he's really a son of a bitch. I'm sure he's a perfectly fine so, guy. I just think he's underqualified for doing what right, he's doing. Right, but, but if anything, the fact that they if they vet us, that shows, okay, this guy's pretty smart. You know, that's the only criteria. So it's a, it's a win-win. They either come on and then he can show us 
that we should value him in his opinion or he doesn't come on. We're like, yeah, that's a good move. Well, you know, uh, I mean, we've seen wrestler make mistakes in the past too, like with making Bud the president of basketball operations. That was totally his call. Um, getting rid of Travis Schlink, his call. You know, he also decided Gosh. to not trade John Collins when his value was really high. Not that I ever wanted to trade John Collins, but if you're going to do it, the last couple of years was the time. And he vetoed a trade, apparently, to a Western Conference team, according to Jeff Schultz. Mm. So, um, you know, he didn't keep Kevin Herter because he wanted to avoid the, you know, the, the tax thing, luxury tax. Um, and then he was a big, you know, him and Nick Ressler apparently were, were huge on getting DeJounte Murray, but also like it's at such an extreme cost and it's just not paying off with the way the roster's constructed. And then now you're looking at maybe not even making the playoffs and you're giving up three first round picks. It's just kind of like, oh, if you're going to do that, you better freaking win. And it's not, let's also be clear that the Hawks failures on the court this year are not totally on this bizarre bizarrely constructed front office you know we still convenient for nate mcmillan right now everybody's talking about the front office but no one's you know it's it's taking the 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 heat a little bit off nate and i still think he's gotta he's gotta go and i mean that's another thing that come out in this just slew of reporting some of it by ajc who is notoriously pretty home team friendly and like even their headline was like hawks in turmoil or something like that. If this were if this weren't the Hawks, this would be like national news. Yeah, like, this was happening. Like if this were New York, this feels LA. like a New York Knicks situation. Like when Phil Jackson was running things there, when everything was just fucked. Yeah, that's kind of how it feels right now. And, and I kind of just feel like I don't know. It feels dead to me. It's just like okay, typical. Who cares? Like yeah. I mean, it's frustrating, but it's like at the end of the day, it is the Atlanta Hawks franchise. It's like we've we've had great hopes for them. But we're in a notoriously terrible franchise, so it's not it's not surprising that like once we have like some real like hope, I guess yeah. <laughs> that it just goes to shit. But what they were reporting about in the AJC is that an agent, I guess, a player told his agent, and the agent leaked this that they were specifically told from the off front office that Nate McMillan will not be back next year. Which isn't something that you just like let out there. If no, that's you don't tell it to someone's agent. And like, also, who knows? What what, what if we win thirty five games in the second half and make a deep run? What if it all comes together? Then praise be. Um, but like, you wouldn't be like telling Nate McMillan you're done after this year. Keep coaching. You know, right? You'd move on. Just all chaos. And then the other thing. This is what <laughs> this is what you haven't even heard about, Graham. Yeah. Uh, it also came out in this story. That during last year's playoffs, keep in mind we get, we lost to the Heat in uh, five games. Trey Young played terrible, got completely exposed. He had one good game, but yeah, overall he did not play well. Apparently, leaving Miami, he chartered a jet for himself instead of going back home with the team, and like didn't tell the team that he was doing this. He yeah, just that's, that's did that some, on that's his own. Bullshit behavior. And it's just like more the more that that keeps coming out about Trey, the more you question his leadership, the more you question his maturity, really. And like it's almost gotten worse since he did get paid, which is like what you always fear sometimes that like athletes are going to get that big contract and then you know not still have that same drive to be great. Yeah. And it's certainly trending that way with Trey. 
Yeah, I mean, he's still having a really good season statistically, but yeah, I think the intangibles needed to be a leader of men. I just haven't seen it. I've seen more from more of that uh, this year from DeJounte, and I've seen, you know, John Collins has always kind of been that leader to me for this Hawks team since he's been here. Um, and yeah, I don't really see that from Trey. Trey's more of a quiet guy, but you can tell when he gets upset, like when at the end of the, the Heat series last year, when he's not even in the fucking huddle listening to McMillan or anybody, he's just like sitting away from people for the last play, you know, when they're setting up the last play. And that's just, that's bullshit. That's just bullshit. And now there's legit Trey Young trade rumors out there, apparently. I don't know what to make of any of this. I mean, I'm kind of... I don't know what I want them to do. Well, you know what? Because this this team was sort of, before this year, was pretty much constructed by Travis Schlenk, and now you got this crazy new front office going on, maybe just nuke it and let's start over again. Again? Well, you know... because you've you've mortgaged your future a little bit for DeJounte Murray and things aren't coming together. So like what are you gonna do? Are you gonna just fight for an eight seed every season? Because that's kinda like what we're doing. Yeah. And it's like it's not working. And if this uh continues and then you know, Trey Young's you know, getting sour puss attitude and DeJounte Murray's not here for a, a while. I think his contract's up after either I think after not this season but next season. So it's like, do you think he's really going to want to sign an extension here? The way things are going so far, I mean, there's no, and, and he's yeah. he's he's also been on record saying, you know, he's coming from the Spurs where like everything is tight there, it's well yeah. run, yeah, it's kind of like a, like the Braves, exactly, yeah, took the words out of my mouth. Sorry. So he, he has said that like he's just been surprised with how much stuff is like out there in the open, but he was kind of hinting at it's not as bad as it like seems to outsiders but it hasn't been what he expected so yeah i mean unless they go on a like crazy playoff run and like start having fun they just gotta have fun yeah they don't look like they have fun right now they look like they're a team that just sort of has to tolerate each other for however many you know 48 minutes a night (laughs) um and uh it's uh i don't know man i don't know and i you know i i it's it, it it is what it is, and um, I have zero faith in this front office. I have zero faith in the coaching staff, and I really have a uh, lack of faith in Trey Young to grow as a defender and grow as a leader. I just don't see it happening. I think he is what he is. He's a really good scorer. He's not a great three point shooter, and he's a good at you know a really really great at passing the ball when he actually really wants to. And that's that's Trey Young. I, I do think. Have you checked his stats recently on threes? I think it's gotten better. It's or gotten le- better. At least but back, he still back shoots like career. He's yeah, it's norms. fine. But he still shoots it like he's a forty-three percent career three-point shooter, and he's not. He's like a thirty-six or something. That's, he's not good enough to take these logo threes all the time. I'm really just sick of seeing that shit. Um, but whatever. That's the Hawks. Let's hear a uh, word from our friends from DraftKings, unless you have anything else, Adam, on this franchise seemingly in shambles right now. You know, I, I was going to let you just roll with that ending because that was the perfect finish to this Hawks segment, whatever. That's the Hawks. But since you asked me, I will say, so <laughs> <laughs> as I sit here watching the beginning of this Dallas Hawks game, like the result of this game that's going on right now, Luca versus Trey in Dallas, 
Like if the Hawks come out here and ball tonight and get over 500, we have a completely different perception on this team. But if they get like blown out by Luka Doncic, it's just going to keep you're the storyline going. So this is a big game for you're going to have a completely different perception of a team based off one game. It's a big game. It's yes. a big game. But even if they roll, I'm still going to be like, okay, what else can you do? Can you actually build on some momentum? Can but, you? But then can you win seven of ten? But then it's four in a row, and like it's sure. also like great. five of six. And it's like, okay, we got a little something right. going here. Yeah, but you got to just the Trey Luka thing. That's all I'm saying. We don't need to overanalyze my statement. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Just I let understand. me let me have that statement. I'll let you have it. Okay, I'll let you have that skip. Let's go go to the damn uh, ad. <laughs> the NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up. Same game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. All right, I did really good last week. I think I got all my picks right that I said on this air. And uh, we're back for the divisional round. This is where it's going to get serious, folks. So I really like uh, I like Cincinnati over Buffalo this weekend. Cincinnati gets four and a half points. They're both – I mean, Miami almost won the game against Buffalo, and they were a third-string quarterback. Cincinnati's – uh, been hot. True, they almost lost to a second-string quarterback, but Joe Burrow is going to put up points. They're going to keep it close. It's going to be this is going to be the game of the weekend, in my opinion. So I would definitely take Cincinnati with that four and a half point spread. It's probably going to come down to a three-point game anyway. So take Cincinnati with confidence. Also, I would um, take San Francisco over Dallas as well, even though Dallas gets four and a half points. I just think San Francisco is playing on another planet right now. And uh, even though Dallas looked pretty good against Tampa Bay, they ain't going to look as good against San Francisco. It's tough to win on the road in the playoffs uh, week after week. So I like San Fran over Dallas, even though Dallas Dallas has four and a half. And I like Cincinnati over Buffalo with Cincinnati getting four and a half points. Thank you, Graham. We appreciate your picks as always. But here's what you got to do with this other money deal. You got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Adam, we're back. The Hawks kind of dominate the uh, discussion for Atlanta sports. There's not nothing really going on with the Braves. You know what's funny is we're from Atlanta and we haven't once mentioned that which is this is what I like about us, Graham. We're true to the brand. We haven't once mentioned that Georgia is back-to-back national champions. That's true. We didn't mention it last week, and we didn't mention it until now. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah. You know, it's not our bag. Nope. We, we do professional sports, not amateur sports. I, I did want to bring up, though, I, I discussed this in person a little bit. So watching, I watched a surprising large amount of that national championship game i watched all of it for some reason and so did you watch the regular broadcast yes watched the regular broadcast the pat mcafee broadcast on espn2 it was like pat mcafee and like his crew of like three or four people just standing on the sidelines Mm -hmm. calling the game as well and just like doing their antics in it it grabbed me but like the whole time i was watching i was like this isn't very good i don't think but i kept watching why why did it grab you it's just different it's Cool, like they bring people on to interview in the middle of it, it's and kind of like the Peyton 
Eli sort of, sort of, sort of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, uh, I just think you know ESPN starting to embrace some of these. Just like you know, obviously podcasts are taking over your bar stools. Your Pat McAfee's who came from Barstool. You know, people people just want a different voice. They're wanting to get away from the traditional. Yeah, and like ESPN, the most traditional of sports networks out there. Is kind of doing the like they're like okay we got to start doing this now we got to get the younger viewers eyes mm-hmm. so I think it's a good thing overall yeah I kind of like these alternate broadcasts that they're trying to do like I always like the uh, the stat guys doing the Sunday night baseball on uh, ESPN two but what I also like about what ESPN is doing they're embracing this new stuff but they're keeping the old stuff for the people that like watching a traditional broadcast as well there's something there's a way to experience it for everybody I think it's a I think it's a really good move yeah I mean it's better than like having the game on ESPN and then you know, bowling on ESPN too. Sure. It's like the cameras are there anyways. Like, yeah. It's like, might as well just maximize it. Do something different. I mean, yeah. I did play, we did, my mom and I played Scrabble for the entire uh, second half, but uh, yeah, did, did watch the whole, okay. the whole game. Well, yeah. Good. Much. Congratulations. Bulldogs. Yeah. The Kings of college football. I hope we draft a couple of y'all this year. It would be, it would be nice. Falcons. Stetson Bennett, baby. I mean, do you take a flyer on him in the, Although you, we need a veteran as a backup if Ritter's the... I wouldn't mind draft. Like, look at Brock Purdy. Yeah. Classic example. He was the last pick of this year's draft. He could lead San Francisco to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. I'm not saying Stetson Bennett's going to be the same guy, but I imagine he would be draft If he's drafted, he's going to be drafted late. Why not take a flyer on him, man? Who knows? Well, let's let's see what Brock Purdy looks like after going up against... Coach Bro's defense this week. Oh yeah, I'm very very concerned about that. And it sounds like he was very frazzled in the first half of this last game. A little bit, but he, man, when it, when it came down to it in the second half, he just tore up Seattle. Yeah, it wasn't even a contest. Um, Threw for three touchdowns, three hundred thirty yards, no no picks. This this the whole time he's taken over, including the playoffs, he's thrown for sixteen touchdowns, four interceptions, in like five games or something. That's pretty wild. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, assuming. And we still don't know if we're going into the season with Desmond Ritter as our one, but I still suspect that we will. Yeah, like we want a veteran behind him, right? Yes. We, we don't. We like the, the idea of Stetson ben, Bennett is interesting because that would just be instant competition for Desmond, and that's fine. That that lets you know, hey, man, don't get comfortable. But maybe if no one else is is going to draft the kid, yeah, do it. Pick if him you up. You can get him in the fifth, maybe not fifth, but sixth or seventh round. Yeah, take a flyer on him. See what he looks like in camp. Yeah, I have no issue with that. Um, that would certainly boost attendance in the uh, preseason games for yeah. the Falcons. Yeah, people would want to see that. Yeah, and um, you know, nothing, nothing really happened with the Braves, Adam. The only, the only big thing I guess is Alex Anthopoulos was with David Bryan on the Seven Fifty Five podcast, and uh, you know, there's no, there was nothing like really revelatory about what he was saying. But the big thing I think is um, to take away from it is that a Max Fried extension is probably unlikely. You know, he was kind of beating around the bush about that, or he wasn't. You know, just if you read between the lines, it just looks like it might be too much money for the Braves. Even though he, you know, loves Max Fried, he's saying pretty much all the things he was saying about Freddie Freeman about Dansby Swanson. It just seems like it's inevitable that he will. I read move that on. a little differently. I actually did okay. read that section, Graham, and mm-hmm. he was talking about how. You, you know, you said he, he doesn't fully – like he believes so much in depth in the starting rotation. Yeah. And and he does – one big thing he did say is is that he thinks Max Fried will age well, which makes me, gave me a little bit of hope yeah. that maybe it will happen. But it's the same kind of general language he But he was also everybody. saying like also a lot of these conversations about Freddie and Dansby, those weren't coming up until like 
either like in the middle of the season of his contract year or the contract year, obviously. Right. So this is a little early because he does still have two years left. So I don't think we need to fully jump the gun on Freed. No, yeah. Um, I would extend him personally. I would love to have him in the rotation for, you know, the next six years. I think he's an absolute hoss. Yeah. No, I mean, I did love, I did love what he said about, he's like, you know, the offense comes and goes, but at the end of the day, like going into the season, I feel really good with a deep pitching staff and a deep bullpen. And that's what we have right now. He's like, look at our, and I've talked about this on the podcast, your number five spot right now. You've got Mike Soroka, who Anthopolis was saying, he's like, he, he has no doubt that this kid's going to, you know, eventually be a stud again. Is it this year? Is it halfway through the season? Is it a couple years down the road? Who knows? But, like, him and then Ian Anderson, who's our number two, coming back, like, competing for the five spot, that's an envious position to be in. Like, two guys that could be aces at some point in their career it if, could be. if things go right. Yeah. So, but the fact that our bullpen is so deep, we've got that rotation in place for this year anyways. Yeah, I – I'm not as confident with you on the back half of the rotation, only because Soroka's Achilles just don't know how that's going to work. Then Ian Anderson is going to have to get his shit together based off his poor performance last year. So those aren't guarantees of uh, of success moving forward, but they're also super young guys. They both know how to pitch at the major league level. It's just a matter of one, Soroka's Achilles health, not really his arm, but I think more of his Achilles, and, and Ian Anderson getting his head screwed on right. But yeah, ideally, but yeah, I mean, that would be great. It's just you just don't know. Those guys are more question marks to me than they are. Sure, but that, that's points. for your number five. Your number five spot. The other four are pretty well taken care of. Yeah, I mean, Strider, Freed, Wright, and I guess Morton. Yeah, I just you know you know how I feel about Charlie Morton. We, this stage yeah, we don't need to get in all that. But yeah, the top three. I think no one can say that the top three isn't badass. The top three is going to do work as long as they stay healthy. They will do yeoman's work and will carry you for the whole season. I'm ready for baseball already. Greg. Me too. Talking about the Braves just makes me want uh, pitchers and catchers are reporting in like three weeks, I think. So it'll be here before we know. We're, we're already over halfway through January. This like, year's flying by, man. This this whole time concept is just crazy. It's fucked. Yeah, yeah, that's one way to put it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this I think concludes the super duper quick edition of Atlanta Zone. Unless Adam, you have any other thoughts or queries. You don't want to dive into Joseph Martinez no longer being with the Atlanta United? No, it's old news. Okay. And we never reported on it. So, I mean, it is what it is. And we don't care about Atlanta United that much. It's just the honest to God's truth. Well, tell you what. People probably schedule an hour of time with us. We'll get them out in 25 to 30. Yeah. So enjoy the next 30 minutes of your time. Do something productive. Do something unproductive. Whatever makes you feel good. Okay. Words to live by. Whatever makes you feel good. And we'll talk to you next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.